How can you differentiate between diabetes mellitus from diabetes insipidus? Well, the answer is rather straightforward. In the 1670s, philosopher Thomas Willis astutely observed that the answer was in the urine itself. By tasting the urine, Willis helped coin the terms mellitus, from Latin, meaning sweetness, compared to insipidus, meaning tasteless, which is characteristic of the clear and overly dilute urine that is produced with diabetes insipidus. Today, our patient has central diabetes insipidus, and you are the doctor. Welcome to The Internet Work, a podcast written by medical residents meant to serve you better on the wards and on call. Today's episode is titled, Not So Sweet Pea. Time for our minute, physiology. There are four types of diabetes insipidus. However, we will mainly focus on central diabetes insipidus, which is characterized by a partial or complete deficiency of antidiuretic hormone, also known as ADH or arginine vasopressin, AVP. The hypothalamus has osmoreceptors, which detect and monitor serum osmolality. Serum osmolality is defined as the concentration of all dissolved particles in the blood. The key dissolved particles in the blood include sodium, glucose, and blood urea nitrogen. During periods of dehydration, the serum osmolality will increase, which will prompt us to be thirsty and drink water. This will subsequently result in a dilution of dissolved particles and a normalization of serum osmolality. At the same time, the osmoreceptors in the hypothalamus will also trigger the production of ADH from the supraoptic nucleus, which will be sent down the supraoptico-hypophysal tract. This tract runs from the hypothalamus through the pituitary infundibulum and into the posterior pituitary gland. ADH is then released into blood, where it travels to the kidneys and acts on the distal convoluted tubules to increase water reabsorption through aquaporin-2 channels and regulate serum osmolality. With these different mechanisms in place, our body can maintain homeostasis. However, in central diabetes insipidus, the lack of ADH disrupts this fine water balance. Central diabetes insipidus occurs when there has been damage to the hypothalamus or pituitary gland, thus preventing production and or secretion of ADH. It is a rare disorder, affecting around 1 in 25,000 people worldwide. Risk factors of CDI include recent head injuries, brain surgeries, family history of central DI, autoimmune disorders, infections, or illnesses causing cerebral hypoperfusion. However, it is often difficult to find the exact etiology. Surprisingly, 30-50% to of CDI cases are idiopathic. Other causes of CDI include familial and congenital diseases, including familial CDI or Wolfram syndrome, neurosurgery, cystic pituitary tumors such as craniopharyngiomas or Rathke's cleft cyst, trauma and infiltrative disorders, notably Langerhans cell histiocytosis. So what symptoms does a patient with CDI present with? Typically, patients present with polyuria, polydipsia, and nocturia due to high serum sodium and osmolality, as well as osmotic diuresis. Many conditions have a similar presentation, such as diabetes mellitus, post-obstructive diuresis, and primary polydipsia. Therefore, while conducting your history and physical exam, it is important to keep these differential diagnoses in mind. 
Your first step in any patient encounter will be to assess whether your patient is stable or not. Are their ABCs stable? What is their GCS? What are their vitals? As discussed previously, patients can present with severe dehydration. They can also be in an unstable condition during your assessment if their CDI is caused by trauma, an infection, or a post-operative complication, for example. Once your patient is stable, you can move forward with your assessment. On history, it is important to elicit the severity and chronicity of symptoms. Patients can produce over 3 liters of dilute urine per day, which puts them at high risk of dehydration. In severe cases of dehydration, patients can also complain of dizziness, fatigue, nausea, and confusion. It is also important to assess for any risk factors, including history of recent head trauma, neurosurgical procedures, malignancy, family history of CDI or polyuria, personal history of autoimmune disease, or any recent infections. On physical exam, some patients may appear lethargic and typically present with signs of dehydration, such as dry mucous membranes, tachycardia, tachypnea, and hypotension. In severe cases or delayed presentations, patients can exhibit altered mental status and generalized muscle weakness. with suspected polyuria, you would ideally want to order a 24 urine volume to confirm the presence of polyuria, which is defined as a urine output of more than 3 liters per day. You will then want to order a serum and urine osmolality, as well as electrolyte levels, to look for an elevated serum osmolality greater than 295 milliosmol per kilogram, low urine osmolality less than 300 milliosmol per kilogram, and hypernatremia with sodium of over 145 millimoles per liter. Subsequently, a water deprivation test can be performed, where patients are restricted from drinking water and hourly measurements of urine osmolality, plasma osmolality, and plasma sodium are measured. A common outpatient screening procedure for central diabetes insipidus is an overnight water deprivation test, where the patient refrains from drinking water for 12 hours, starting at 8 p.m., and their serum and urine electrolytes and osmolality are measured the following morning at 8 a.m. More complex inpatient water deprivation tests are the gold standard, but difficult to apply in clinical practice. Usually, water restriction should stimulate ADH secretion. However, if the urine remains dilute and the plasma osmolality remains elevated, then desmopressin, an ADH analog, can be administered to assess for a clinical response. If the plasma and urine osmolality significantly improve or normalize with desmopressin, then this confirms the diagnosis of central diabetes insipidus. An MRI of the pituitary gland can also play an important role in the diagnosis of CDI by confirming or excluding the presence of associated pituitary disease, as well as previous surgical interventions in the brain and or cellar region. After the diagnosis is made, the goals of treatment include decreasing urine output through ADH supplementation and correcting electrolyte abnormalities. The mainstay of treatment is desmopressin. The initial intravenous or subcutaneous dose in treatment-naive individuals is 0.25 to 1 micrograms every 12 to 24 hours, and the dose can be adjusted to maintain normal urine volume and serum sodium. 
The initial intravenous or subcutaneous dose in treatment-naive individuals is 0.25 to 1 micrograms every 12 to 24 hours, and the dose can be adjusted to maintain normal urine volume and serum sodium. If needed, the dose can be increased up to 2 micrograms intravenously, if no initial response. One of the predominant side effects to monitor for is hyponatremia, given that ADH activity will not be suppressible, and the body may have trouble excreting water normally. Patients should be educated about the side effects of hyponatremia, including nausea, vomiting, headache, lethargy, and if severe, seizures and coma. Once a stable dose of desmopressin is achieved, biannual monitoring of sodium may be performed. Did you know that a new study published in the New England Journal of Medicine in 2018 proved that direct measurement of hypertonic saline-stimulated plasma, copeptin, had a greater diagnostic accuracy than the water deprivation test in patients with hypotonic polyuria? Despite these new advancements in diagnosis, the answer will always remain in the P. Thank you for listening to today's episode entitled Not-So-Sweet P. This episode was written by Dr. Tiffany Mack, internal medicine resident, and reviewed by Dr. Vincent LaRoque, endocrinologist, and Dr. Romana Pace, general internal medicine. The internet work was created by Alison Lai and co-developed by Zara Morali and Leah Karanopoulos. This episode was recorded and produced by Zara Morali. Music production by Laxman's Vanth Mohan. If you liked this episode, please like and subscribe at wherever you listen to podcasts. Please also check out our associated infographic at theinternetwork.com. Thanks for tuning in, and we hope to see you again soon.